Welcome back to Inside the Capitol in a sunny Oklahoma City today, brother. I'm Josh West. And I'm Colin Walkie. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? I like the... Oh, I'm Colin. Yeah, well, we're actually going to switch it up today and see if you guys would recognize me. That would probably be pretty... Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be much of a... We wouldn't pull one over you. It's pretty easy to... Yeah, you could probably tell if my accent ain't the same as uh, yeah. Representative well, West. Well, we have a pretty awesome special guest today. Before we get into the special guests... Let's give a quick update on House Bill 1602, the Oklahoma Data Privacy Act, and let's talk about the sausage up in this, yeah. this mother. So part of the reason why we started this podcast was because we wanted to give people an inside look to how things work at the Capitol. And uh, as we talked about before, not all lobbyists are bad, right? Lobbyists serve a no, purpose. they got a job to do. That's right. And they, not only do they have a job to do, but sometimes they're a great resource of, of information. So long story short, big data is extremely upset dun, dun, about dun. HB 1602. And the reason reason why uh, they're upset is because they know that if we go to opt in in this state, that means that individuals in Oklahoma will actually have control over their data privacy. And so what we had done is we had agreed to meet with this tech company next Monday and work through their issues, just as we have with so many other entities like banking associations, credit companies, everybody. ISPs. That's right. ISPs. Um, There's never been anybody request our time to sit down and and specify their issues with this legislation, but we haven't said, come on in. Come we just had a meeting yesterday, uh, in, in fact, in Lieutenant Governor Pinnell's office uh, uh, with a group, and, and we sat down with them and talked to them and heard their concerns, yeah. And so basically, long story short, we were supposed to have the bill up heard today and have that meeting on Monday, but then it came back that uh, they said, no, 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 you guys had agreed to go ahead and kick the bill off another yeah. 24 hours, which is not true. So then we thought we had the deal done because we went out and told them you get your choice. We have the... Uh, uh, bill heard today and you have your meeting on Monday or no meeting on Monday. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and have the bill heard today. That's fine. No issue. So Wes, you want to take it from here? Well, I was all amped up, man. I was in here this morning. I got my, my five fingers and death punch on. I'm getting ramped up. It's like we're going into combat and it happened. Yeah, and so what they happened? Got the rug pulled out. Yeah, so. they, not, they, not on the bill itself. It's going to be heard. It's going to be heard tomorrow morning because what then what happened was we got all, the all clear to go ahead and hear it today, and uh, we ran it back. And uh, turns out they said that we also agreed to strike title on the bill, and we never no. agreed to strike title on this no, bill. This what that means? Yeah, what that means is that's a bill. That means the bill's a work in progress, and this is not a work in progress. We have got it down. There's a few minor amendments that are going to be done Absolutely. going forward, but otherwise it is ready to rock and roll. And so yeah. we ended up telling them, listen, you want to play games and not cut deals and be straight and honest with us fine what we'll do is we'll not have that meeting on monday we'll pass it out of the house with probably 70 plus votes is my guess yeah. and then we'll see on the senate side where we just got another senate author so they can decide how many senate authors and house authors they want us to get because we've all got 40 yeah. plus um or they can come to the table and negotiate in good faith which that one's already passed and we're not trying to say look at us look what we're going to do no this is this is important to every single oklahoma you, and every single rep in the house of representatives every senator in the oklahoma state senate this is important to your constituents, and that's what we've heard from thousands of people since we started this process a year and a half ago, and it just keeps building steam. People want their privacy kept private, or they want to get permission to whoever's going to sell it to China or whatever country that wants to buy it. They want to have it give exclusive permission and know where their data is going, and that's the whole riff, and it comes down to one thing. What's that about? What's the one it's, thing that it's controls about this? profits over privacy. Money. Money. And, and in fact, today, we actually had a data privacy company located here in Oklahoma that operates in three states uh, with multiple employees who came in and said, A, this bill is good. B, it doesn't increase the cost of business. C, there's no difference between opt-in and opt-out. And D, let me tell you the scary project that we previously worked on with a big tech company 
where when you opened up their app, the if, it, just like on Facebook, it has access to your camera whenever you open up the app. Well, in this situation, what would happen is, is the artificial intelligence would do facial recognition. So it knew whether or not Colin Walkie was looking at it, whether his wife was looking at it, whether his dog, his child was looking at whatever yep. that website was. So if you're terrified of, of your child's facial imprints being collected, guess what? It's happening. And not only that, think about all of the children that are operating on online schools throughout this pandemic and all of the information that's being tracked while they're on the computer without parental consent, without even the child's consent, because no one knows how to opt out. So the bottom line is we had a little stall today, but it's not over. This thing's going to pass like we talked about with big numbers, and we may have to do another special podcast tomorrow because we really wanted to talk about this today. And uh, But that, like we said all along, this is how the sausage is made, and, and sometimes it's ebbs and flows, and this is the way it goes. I was just stoked to get this thing done today and, and, and get it run to the Senate. But special I'm equally guest, stoked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Special guest today, we got a good one, Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell. He's been with us since uh, November of 2018. Is when he got elected. So it feels like about ten years. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's one of the that's some of the questions that we have. I yeah. mean, but before we get into some questions, what about you, yeah. Lieutenant Governor? Where are you from? Where's your, how's your family? Where who is your family? Or? You know, uh, oh, I'm all fired up, man. Just listening to you guys. First off, uh, this is a pretty lively podcast. Right. I guess I should be tuning in a little bit more <laughs> often, huh? We got yeah. eight million viewers. Yeah, eight million. <laughs> Earlier it was two million. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's eight. Uh, so I'm a Tulsa boy. grew up Grew up in the Tulsa area. Uh, wife and I have uh, four kiddos in the Jinx Public School System, and uh, my wife uh, runs a small business. Kind of a cool part of our story. She's a inventor and an entrepreneur. She. Uh, manufactures baby products, little hammocks that clip into shopping carts for babies that can't sit up yet, which is a really, I mean, American dream kind of story. Yeah. She taught herself how to sew and, and uh, we were packaging these up in our, in our kitchen five or six years ago. So that was one of the reasons that I ran for office uh, because the previous Lieutenant governors have kind of one of their swim lanes has kind of always been small business growth, championing small businesses, uh, and, and that's really the backbone of our economy in Oklahoma, our small businesses. Yeah. We always say it, but what are we really doing about it? What, what are we really doing to be helping those small business owners so they don't, you know, cross over invisible lines and set yeah. up shop somewhere else? So that, that is, uh, it was a big part of why I ran. Um, I've been involved, uh, in politics for, uh, for a, a couple of decades now, ran campaigns. Uh, we lived in DC for a couple of years, but, uh, before we had kids, uh, moved home to to have kids and and we're never we're not going anywhere. So uh, so one time you were the I believe the youngest state uh, GOP chairman in yep. the nation. Two thousand twelve ish. Yeah, tw- twenty ten is when I got elected, okay. uh, and and did that for three to four years. Then then ran the uh, Republican National Committee with with Ryan Priebus. Yeah. Some people know that name. Absolutely. Uh, was Donald Trump's chief of staff for a few months. <laughs> well, if, and if, then if, uh, yeah, oversaw all fifty states for the RNC at that time. We we talk about this often as as reps. You know, we're every two years. We it feels like, I guess that's a good thing about being in the House. I mean, the House is lively. Like, like us and we kind of make fun of the senate that's kind of the retirement village mm-hmm. if you will but having to run every two years it keeps us it keeps us out with our constituents and we always kind of got a peg on 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 what how your your district is feeling and it keeps you out there and and, and active but you kind of hit some of the you know the the reasons why you ran for lieutenant governor but what was that driving factor that made you want to put your name on the ballot put because it's not just you because people run for office they're putting 
themselves, their businesses, their families, everything under a microscope. And yep. so it takes a real drive to want to do this. So yeah. what was your specific? You know, for me, I was a sales and marketing uh, guy. That was my background. I, you know, went to college. Uh, it was a was an advertising major, government minor. But but I'm so I loved advertising. If I was not lieutenant governor, I'd probably be working or running a public relations advertising company. And I saw Oklahoma not promoting itself in the way that it should. Uh, Oklahoma is okay is not a great uh, uh, not a great brand. Uh, and and frankly, most of the world believes we're still a dust bowl. Uh, does not believe that we're diverse as diverse as we are. And, and so I saw a, a clear lane for the lieutenant governor to kind of step right into that that spot. Uh, and, and thankfully that's exactly what happened. You know, I ran for the office, won all 77 counties, ran on a whole, uh, frankly, a pretty non-part, uh, non-partisan, uh, uh, campaign, uh, George Nye, uh, who was Lieutenant governor in this state for a very long time, Democrat. I basically ran on his platform, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just a wonderful Lieutenant governor and, and really championed a lot of the issues that I'm championing. So, uh, so what yeah. are some of the initiatives yeah. and issues that you're bringing up, especially on an economic side? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for us to, and we've, we've discovered this, I've discovered this talking to companies that we're trying to get to relocate to Oklahoma, that yes, the value proposition with, you know, low taxes and, and a pro business, you know, communities does matter. Of course it does. Uh, we have cheap utility rates, but we, we, we've led for far too long that Oklahoma is cheap. You know, well, we're affordable. We're not cheap, first <laughs> off. But because we've led with that, we have forgotten about the quality of life piece that employees are demanding from their employers. You know, the uh, museums, trail systems, uh, the arts. I mean, those things actually matter. They actually matter a lot. Um, you know, great restaurants, uh, food scenes. That 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 matters across and our recently with counties. the uh, film studio development yes. downtown in Oklahoma yeah. City, and it, it matters. And so you know we 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 have focused on a marketing effort to make sure that we are branding Oklahoma as the most diverse state in landscape and in our people, uh, and that our quality of life can compete with any other major city. And then we've got to do all the other things from an economic perspective, you know, incentives and otherwise that do actually help. And so that's one of the big things that I've been focused on is that rebrand. So whenever you, whenever you are, you know, uh, trying to develop business here in Oklahoma, I, I would anticipate that requires you to travel out of state quite a bit. Um, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, we do. I mean, we, we spent before COVID. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, were, we were spending a lot of our, our time in uh, Texas. I still feel like Texas is the best opportunity for us. Um, we're going to pick up people that want to move from the coasts or, you know, some other state. They're kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, but the best opportunity is still Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be 40 million people that will live in Texas by 2040. Wow. Okay. They have 29 million people today. We have 3.9 million. So and a lot of their, a lot of them are Oklahomans that yeah. moved down there for a job that would love to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there were jobs or if we could partner with them to, you know, uh, bring their businesses back here. So we need to have, we need to be much more aggressive on that front. Uh, have, you know, per, I, I believe we need to have uh, permanent staff down there as well, or uh, working with someone that's, that's on our payroll that 24 seven, 365 is, is, is talking to Texas companies. Cause they've got them here. That, that's exactly right. They do have them here. I was in Ardmore yesterday. You know, they're a hundred miles from DFW. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. And they should be the front door to Dallas. Ardmore should. 
And, and if they are, that means we're partnering with them and we are filling up that city with a whole lot yeah. more businesses. So do you see the pandemic and the way it's changed all economies and, and life, at least for the you know next few months at least, um, in the past year, do you see that as having a, a positive impact on the way Oklahoma is going to function? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, the, the Tulsa Remote Program is, a, is something else for your all's listeners to, to really look into. I mean, they, they created this program where they're luring people that can work remotely. Which, which these next generations and companies are allowing their employers to, employees to live anywhere. Yep. And so why not Tulsa? Why not Oklahoma City? Why not Woodward? You know, yeah, look at the cost of living. That's the Absolutely. biggest uh, incentive. We have, we have great things. Like you've talked about, we're one of the most diverse states in the country. And, and sometimes our own residents don't realize uh, that that's we right. have. That's and right. so he talks about marketing, and I've worked with you a lot with tourism, and yep. and just looking at our actual tourism budget just for marketing, yeah. compared to Arkansas, Colorado, the states that surround us, New Mexico, yep. it's peanuts compared to what these other states are are, are have for marketing, and we're still growing, yeah. but. If we would just take what's what's the return on investment on just talk about the fishing trail. Oh yeah, I mean it's ninety to one. The currently, I mean for every dollar we spend, we're getting ninety dollars back. We're so unique. That's the other really key point here. We're very we no state can really match the heritage and the history of Oklahoma. I mean, but people have no idea that we have a whitewater rafting park in downtown yeah. Oklahoma City. They some people are now getting it that we have the number one park in America, the oh, gathering mm-hmm. place. But, but if we start promoting those things, uh, we can get people here for a vacation and then they fall in love with this place. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have world-class mayors in, in our large cities now. We, we have to take advantage yeah. of this environment. Unfortunately, the crisis that we, we have had, you can have positives that come out of those crises yeah. sometimes. And I, I think one of those will be what's going on in Oklahoma, uh, because I'd like to be there and not somewhere yeah. uh, in one of these other states. Colin talked about it earlier, kind of the over the last few years, the movie industry has boomed in Oklahoma. I got a call, oh, not too long ago from a, a guy I grew up with, Josh Miller. He owns a, 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 um, a, a movie production company called Xena Wood Productions, mm-hmm. and it's based in Xena, Oklahoma. That's where yeah. it's out of. And so he does all kinds of movies, indie movies, but he said, I want to thank you guys for up there for making it you know, possible for people like me who have small production companies to make a living in this yeah. movie industry and do good things for the community. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about ROI, um, you, you know, be, because of the content that the, the streaming services have created. So we're not just talking about a Hollywood, big Hollywood movie being coming to Oklahoma, filming, and then going back to Hollywood. That That's not how the industry works anymore. Yeah. I mean, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, hundreds of millions of dollars that they are investing into content and they'll go anywhere in the world to film it. In Oklahoma, centrally located, again, 12 different ecosystems. We have a competitive incentive already. We're building a real workforce now because Oklawood, as I call it, is now uh, the next best place to be for, for films uh, and television shows. We really want those television shows because that's multiple years of no. actual permanent jobs. You look at what Atlanta has become. There's more movies and films being filmed in Atlanta than Hollywood. Atlanta is the new Hollywood. Albuquerque, New Mexico. They signed a half a billion dollar contract with Netflix for all of their sound stages. So we can do it. We can actually do it here. There are new sound stages opening up here in Oklahoma. There's a prairie surf in Oklahoma City we're very excited about. It's happening. And the legislature has been very helpful in helping us do that with a competitive incentive. We just want to keep that going. And, and I know that one of the big topics in the legislature this year has been uh, coming up with an EV 
uh, electrical vehicle uh, tax. Uh, and so one of the questions I'd like to ask you, knowing that Ford, GM, those individuals or those companies are coming uh, to, to electric in the next 15, 20 years only, uh, and we're so dependent on oil and gas, um, you know, we're seeing diversification in wind and solar. Uh, could you talk about some of that economic development? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's something that we should be, per, again, promoting more than we do. I mean, I want oil and gas. Of course I do. Absolutely. Um, but the oil and gas industry wants a more diversified economy too. Otherwise, we're just going to the oil and gas industry every time we need a check, right? right. We can't continue to do that. We need a full buffet uh, of energy resources. And uh, and I've always said that. That's why I, I continue to support uh, a wind industry or solar or, or hydrogen or nuclear for, you know, that this is an issue that Republicans and Democrats, I mean, my gosh, Bill Gates of all people is the one pushing nuclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is something that we should be talking more about and promoting. And But again, the, the language that I use, it's a full buffet. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, you know, do I want big incentives that don't make sense? You know, that we had that big debate on wind, obviously, a couple of years ago. Um, but but you saw what happened in Texas. You know, in Oklahoma, we didn't have as, as big of a problem because yeah. we, we had a, a coal uh, supply mm-hmm. that we rela- re- relied heavily upon. Obviously, our natural gas um, and wind. But it has to be all, all of it. Right. Um, well, I'm always thankful that when we go through those those once in a lifetime storms or the snowstorms or whatever the case, that we are an energy producing state and we don't go through a lot of the same issues that states that have tried to go go away from from oil and gas and go strictly yeah. to a you know wind or or the hydro and they they really suffered during yeah. this, the the past you know three weeks. They really do. Because just like in politics, everybody thinks it's an either-or proposition, and usually the answer is both and. That's, yeah, it's very true. It's well, true. so just looking back, kind of a two-part question, who was your biggest personal influence growing up outside of politics? Okay. Well, outside of politics, probably a high school uh, teacher that I had. Um, Bob Beard was his name. Um, he, we had a leadership class at, at Metro Christian Academy in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and he was my teacher. And and uh, still is a, a mentor of mine today. Uh, that that's kind of a name that that comes to mind quite a bit. I mean, inside of politics, and the guy really wasn't that political. <laughs> is Steve Largent? Uh, yeah, a lot of people know that name here. Um, I'm sure you helped with his campaigns. I, I did, um, and and a lot of people. Um, there's been many books written upon about Steve, the leadership ability that 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 man had, uh, and he really wasn't. Again, he wasn't that political of a guy. Um, uh, there's some very Reagan-esque qualities that Steve had, uh, and everybody, of course, knows the story. He didn't win that governor's race, but he's another person that's had a big, in, a big influence in my life. Still, still friends today. Still friends today. Still friends today. Yeah. yeah, he's back in Oklahoma, back in the Tulsa area. So as you come, you're coming in now, or we're in your third year as lieutenant governor. So, you know, what's what's been the most surprising aspect of the job? Good, bad, whatever. The biggest lesson learned since since being uh, sworn as lieutenant governor. You know, and you you all will laugh. I think it's 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 figuring out how state government works. Yeah. It's a different language. Uh, thousands and thousands of state employees that we're dealing with. Um, good good people. They didn't get into this business to get rich. That that is for sure. I mean, they're public servants, but it's it's a whole different language. It's it, how how the process works. Uh, that, that has been new to me. And I try to tell people, you know, I don't think the issue is government. I think the issue is politics, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. because most of the bills that come out come yeah. onto the floor are from, you know, the OTC saying we need to clean this up or we need to clean that alcohol and tobacco. This is sure. what we need to fix. And, and so they, they know what to do and, and we help usher those in. It's when you get to the political side oh, of things yeah. that, yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 it's very true. And I knew the polit. I knew what I was getting into. Let's put it that way. 
but but learning again that state government piece and and you know we have a lot of the RFP process and just all the hoops that you have to jump through really in my swim lanes when it yeah. comes to commerce and tourism and the marketing piece you know we're we're, we're learning and we we had to learn fast year one was was historic flooding year two global <laughs> pandemic year three I don't know what it holds but I'm hoping that. Again, it can be, I, I've said, year of prosperity moving forward now in the state of Oklahoma. We're nimble, we're small, but we're nimble. We can move fast. So if there's legislation that we do need to pass to position ourselves uh, much more competitively with states around us, let's do it. I mean, let, let's strike when the iron's hot. The final two years of this first term, what, what do you hope to accomplish in these, these next the, two the years? The final two years for me, it is, I'm going to be parked uh, a lot of my time with the Department of Commerce. Mm-hmm. You know, we just finished the census in Oklahoma. I really am trying to get Oklahoma and the legislature like, casting this vision of a 10-year plan because we're going to, we, we just counted everybody. We're going to count everybody again 10 years from now. Yeah. So what does that plan look like over the next 10 years so that we don't have 3.9 million people anymore? How are we going to grow? And so I'm going to be all up in their business over at the Department mm-hmm. of Commerce, making sure we're spending the money the right way, we're recruiting in the right states, and we're growing Oklahoma here locally, of course, the right way too. So that, that's really it's it, it's job creation. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be top ten without it, frankly. We, we you know having more taxpayers in the state um, and growing again locally. Um, are, are, is going to be a, a place where I'm going to be very involved. It, it, you know, my kids are in public schools. Do the, does that it absolutely matter? You better believe it does. Yeah. Um, roads and bridges absolutely does. But I can be very effective because I have some authority over it over the Department of Commerce. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to be spending a, a lot of my time. You have a statewide presence in yeah. all 77 counties. How many times have you been through the, to the So the we've state? been through the whole 77 at least once in the first two years. Um, but that is something I do take seriously, too. As, as lieutenant governor, I can be out in these districts. Yeah. I can bring that that message back to the state capitol. So we will continue to do that, too. No, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, it, we want to make sure that small businesses here know we have their back uh, and we don't want them to go anywhere. And those young entrepreneurs that we have in the state, like my wife, know that they where to go for startup cash or in an accelerator yeah. program. Uh, th- those are the things that I'm going to focus my, my attention on because then, you know, all of our kids and, 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 and future grandkids will, will hopefully be growing up in a much better state because of it. Absolutely. Well, Governor, I know you're extremely busy, and we appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, Wes, do you have any? I got one more question. Yeah. This may be the stumper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> ah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to run for re-election yep. uh, for, as lieutenant governor, fourth lieutenant governor. And, um, you know, listen, I think we've put uh, – who knows who else runs? I mean, it's politics. We all know that, right? It's a chess match. It's just – yeah, um, it is. Uh, but I love what I'm doing. In a lot of ways, it was the dream job that I saw inside of state yeah. politics for me. And so I'll, I'll run for re-election. Um, and, and so that potentially is the next five, another five years yeah. or so. And then, we've yeah, we got to figure out where, what we want to do from there. Most people run for lieutenant governor just so they can run for governor. That really wasn't what I was w- w- was after. I mean, I really was running for lieutenant governor to be lieutenant governor. If I can do that for eight years, I'm going to make a big difference. I am. Yeah. And, and, of course, that could lead to other things. I'm not saying that I'm, I, I wouldn't be looking at potentially running for that office. But right now, it's just something we're not focused on. It's a on. job at hand. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's a job at hand. And, and when the governor's out of town, I am governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the way to end it. I got to tell you, I appreciate everything you've done. You know, you've been uh, – 
transparent. I mean, you're one of the most transparent lieutenant governors in the country, if not the most, and you're accessible to the members. There's been many times I've been, I've had a question 10, 30, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And what I do yeah. call up or text, yeah. text Lieutenant governor. Hey, you got five minutes. Boom. Right. And I know he probably doesn't want to give me five minutes cause he's got a family just like all of us. Sure. I mean, sure. um, you know, it comes, I know with my wife, I mean, she's like, put the, this, don't answer. Can you give me, can you give me right. five hours of your life? You're not right. answering right. the phone, but you yeah. felt compelled to, yeah. Pick up the phone. She's like, yeah. well, I got 40,000. Well, yeah. uh, Matt's got almost 4 million yeah. Um, yeah. or whatever the population is, yeah. 3.9. 4 million constituents. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I just appreciate that you're, you're, you're always uh, open to, to meeting and, and, and you, you've spent a lot of time in our district. You, you come up to the lake often. Yeah. And so that uh, I know the people up there around Grand Lake appreciate what you do and, and what you bring to the table. So, And I want to say thank you, too, yeah. I mean, uh, because you, you've done a great job on promoting Oklahoma. And I think yeah. it's been a great um, process, and, and, and I hope uh, that the, it culminates in, in a lot of more uh, diverse businesses coming to Oklahoma and, and improving all the way around. So I want to it, say thank you. It's going to. And I appreciate you guys. A couple of our, our young, dynamic legislators, and I mean that, uh, here, but you all also help us with uh, that rebrand that needs to happen. So you all keep doing it the right way. Well, great episode, Lieutenant Governor. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Colin, see you next hey. week or maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. We'll That's we'll push that. We appreciate what you do. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you. And you can check this out at www.okhouse.gov uh, or on Spotify. And if you go to okhouse.gov, there's a podcast link uh, underneath the media page. See you next time. Thank you all.